This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? Oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank that. you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we would agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergath. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast once again today. On these Wednesdays, Sean Bolson uh, joins us. He's back there in Wilmer. I'm here in Devil's Lake, North Dakota for a little while uh, yet. Probably until next week sometime. I'll be back for a bit in Wilmer. Looking forward to returning home for a week or so and uh, get some things done next weekend. We've got the uh, the, the uh, Expo next Friday and Saturday and, and Sean and myself and Greg Snow and Jeff Ash will be out there. We'll do an hour-long Todd and Friends podcast from 4 until 5 o'clock at the Expo. That comes up a week from this Friday. Uh, so looking forward to that. Sean joining us on the phone this morning. And while, Sean, your, your wild hockey team is playing some good hockey lately, boy, they lose Kirill Capri off and I thought oh boy this could be something where they kind of go in the wrong direction actually they've really taken it as a challenge and have played really well they have it was fun to see you know even uh just referencing last night Boldy you know at New Jersey wins it in overtime um you've had people that have needed to step up that have stepped up you know and you know maybe this was something that we really did need from a standpoint of a lot of times, if you get a uh, you have a bona fide superstar, sometimes you have people sit back and watch. Yeah, and this has really forced the people engaged. We, we people knew they needed to step up. You know, Steele's been playing at a higher rate. Uh, Boldy's been good. I mean, you know, Reeves gotten a couple ugly goals lately. Like, there's just different lines that have gotten going because I think everybody realizes, hey, we have a. a not a great team, but we have a pretty good team actually sitting, you know, on top of the division now, um, and our superstars out. So, um, hopefully what'll happen is the while they use this as a time to really build up others confidence and realize what the others can do. And then when Kaprizov gets back, hopefully he's just another huge ornament that gets added to the, the overall picture that if others can keep up their productivity and Kaprizov can come, you know, stroke some of his magic and everything, we're going to be super good. So I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, no doubt. And Kaprizov is such an unselfish superstar that when he comes back into the lineup, uh, he'll, he'll integrate just seamlessly back in and whichever line he's on and immediately that line becomes your top line and, and gets jumped up forward. But, but uh, certainly uh, he's a guy, um, you know, that inspires the team clearly, even when, they're not playing because they know, hey, if we just hang on here and keep playing, uh, you know, we get Kaprizov back. And like you said, that gives them a little burst of energy, hopefully before the playoffs begin. I'm not really sure on the timetable for Kaprizov's return, but it certainly looks like the Wild are headed for the postseason. Shucks, they could be the top seed in their division. I know, it, which is really weird because, you know, uh, I don't know, was it 10 days out? We were kind of tinkering with that area we love you know about you're in if you win two in a row you're in you lose three in a row you're out yeah we've kind of separate I mean, we have 90 points right now i mean yeah. you know colorado has 88 you know and they're in third so we're tied with dallas with 90 but you know winnipeg at 83 nashville's down in the upper 70s and so right now you know between calgary and winnipeg you know uh, you got seattle and i mean but it looks like we're gonna be we're going to be okay to make the playoffs. Yeah. There were times this year where I wasn't sure. Um, you know, Gustafson and, uh, uh, you know, Flurry have been playing pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a really good multiple goalie, you know, tandem there, which, yeah, it's, it, it, it's exciting. I still, um, you know, early 
a month ago, you know, I said, hey, it's a good team. We're going to make the playoffs. I don't look to make a run because we just couldn't score goals. We've been scoring more goals lately, which is fun to see. So if we can get good goaltending and our offense can continue to thrive like it is, you know, hockey playoffs, you never know. Yeah, that's right. 11 points ahead of Calgary, which would be out of the playoffs right yep. now. Uh, so it certainly looks Great. like they will be in. So their their playoff uh, first-round opponent could be anybody at this point. It could be Dallas. It could be Colorado. Uh, it could be Winnipeg. Uh, let's say it's, it's one Seattle. of uh, It could be, well, I think, because I think, uh, oh, that's right. It would be Seattle, not Winnipeg, wouldn't it? Whoever comes out of that wild Correct. card, uh, they'll likely get the number two. Uh, probably Vegas or L.A. will hold on for the top overall seed, so they would get the lower-seeded uh, wild card team. So, yeah, throw Seattle uh, in the mix. Who would you take? Who do you think the Wild have the best chance against, Dallas, Colorado, Seattle, or Winnipeg? Uh, well, not Colorado. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the last team you want to play at this point. Uh, you know, Seattle, Winnipeg, I'm fine with. I'm actually going next Monday. I'm hosting a, a group down at the game. Uh, we play Seattle, so I'll get to see what Seattle looks like up front next Monday. But, uh, uh, yeah, I would say Colorado right now, if you ask me who was going to win the West, it's really tough to uh, think Colorado um, couldn't. Uh, you also look at an Edmonton, who's going to, you know, right now is – looking like that third spot. They have the most dangerous team in the league, but, you know, goaltending, you know, they've always struggled. You, you feel with McDavid and Dreisaitl, they should be light years in front of everybody because, you know, McDavid's going to crush these scoring records this year. But um, they they haven't put it together for a full year. They're putting it together. You know, they're, it looks like going to make the playoffs. So I, I think the West is going to be extremely entertaining. Um, you have the Wild, you have the Avalanche, you know, you have the Knights, you have the Oilers. So I don't, I, I look forward to it. I would say the one team you ask, I don't want to play Colorado. I think Colorado still would be my favorite to win the West. All right. How about the season the Bruins are having? Uh, they they are going to score the most, the most points and the most wins of any team in the history of the NHL in a single season. Now, wins are a little easier to come by now than they were back in the day before they added the overtime and then the shootout uh, following that. It used to be a lot more ties, so more difficult to get wins uh, back in the day. Nonetheless, uh, still a, a, a big deal for Boston. They have a plus 114 goal differential. Nobody else is more than plus 54. They have had an unreal season. Absolutely unreal. And, you know, they only have two shootout wins on on the year. And you think they have 54 wins in 70 games. That's unbelievable. And, you know, they came in in the wild. It was actually a pretty good game last weekend. You know, it was 2-2 for a while. Ended up, I think, being 5-2. But, um, yeah, they're on a a different level right now. You know, I mean, just exciting uh, team to watch. And, Glad they're in the East, yeah. but you know, the West has got a lot of exciting teams too. So, um, you know, uh, they're obviously the, I would say the, the clear cut favorite coming out of the East, but in hockey, you know, the series at the end of the year, uh, you get a hot goal and you never know what's going to happen. So I think it will be an entertaining playoffs. You know, we got about 12 games left until the playoffs kick off. So hopefully the wild can finish strong. We can get a matchup that, you know, is conducive to our style. Who's your guy in the Nets if you had to make the call right now? The playoffs are starting tonight, game one of the first series. Who are you putting in the Nets? Um, you know, I'd probably take a two-week look back and just kind of see who I like over the last two weeks. So who would it be? Um, I, I wouldn't have a problem going to Gustafson tonight yep. if, if we started tonight. You know, Fleury's 
been playing well. He uh, has the experience, but I really like Gustafson's game. He's been on his angles. He lo- he's looked good. I, w- I think I would definitely probably start with him. Yeah, you know, and the thing is, is uh, that uh, Flurry is such a veteran. I-, I think he would take it a lot better than who was the goaltender we had last year that he re- kind of replaced. And, and Talbot. The, yeah, Damn Talbot. And Talbot didn't take it well, uh, that he wasn't going to be the goalie in the playoffs. And, you know, so he wanted out immediately. I don't think Flurry would react in that same way. No, you know, he's a consummate professional. I mean, he, he's a Hall of Fame goaltender, yeah. you know. I mean, I, he's won the big game. He's won the cup. Granted, he was on great teams. But, you know, I, I do – I truly do believe that uh, he's probably better equipped to sit the first three games. And if you were down, you know, two games to one and you wanted to make a change, you, you bring him in. I, th- I, I, I agree. I think you give the young guy – right away the uh, the chance to get in there, and if he rolls with it, you roll with him. But if he doesn't, you know, Flurry, you know, pretty well equipped to get in and, and, and do it. But, you know, like last night, you know, I, I just pulled it up. Gustafson had 47 saves on 48 shots. Yeah, isn't that something? A 9.79 save percentage, you know. That is incredible. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. So, yeah, I think I'd go with him. He's among the league leaders in both goals against average and save percentage. Uh, he's just had a, a terrific season. They do have a good goalie situation uh, going on right now, that's for sure. Hey, do you fill out uh, uh, NCAA uh, tournament brackets? Do you do any of that? I do not. Okay. I, I watch all the games, and I like to you know, really pay attention to them all, but I'm not a bracket guy. Yeah. Never have been. Yeah. I'm going to have to get, the, get you to change that. I got you to get into my pool next year, but, but uh, the big 10 kind of got slapped around. Uh, I, I kind of yep. suspected maybe that the big 10 wasn't uh, as good a conference as all of the guy, all the teams that they get in. I think there was eight or nine big 10 teams that wound up in the tournament. I think there's one left Michigan state, uh, Purdue, the number one uh, seed. They, they got handled really by a, a 16 seed. That was, that was difficult. You know, it's all about matchups, isn't it? And they just didn't match up well against that fairly Dickinson team that had so many fast uh, kind of perimeter players and, and Zach Eady, the seven, four center for Purdue, while effective, he didn't dominate the game, and he kind of needed to. Yeah, I watched that game, and I, I actually was texting with Jeffrey, and uh, I, I thought it was ridiculous. I think I counted seven possessions in a row where Edie didn't even touch the ball. And, you know, I said to Jeff, I said, what Purdue has to do against that team is you take your time and you get it into them every single possession because they weren't double teaming. They were bringing three and, and with, you know, people cutting and your outside shooters, yeah, you can miss some outside shots, but they let fairly Dickinson control the style of play. Uh, I'll be honest. I thought it was one of the worst coaching exhibitions I've ever seen by Matt Painter. Yeah. How you essentially said, okay, they're really fast. They're pushing us. And you know, Edie would go two, three, four minutes at a time without touching the ball. I thought it was a horrible game plan. Yes, Fairleigh Dickinson played at a level, you know, that was exciting to watch. But if Purdue would have stuck to what Purdue is and looked at it, I just don't think there's any reason that, that they wouldn't have won that game. Yeah. So Personally. If, I, if I got to repick, I'd probably take Alabama. They've looked really good. And, and they have a lot of those six, six to six, eight guys who just fly around on the floor and, and play great defense and score a lot of points. So if I, if I had a chance to pick it over, I'd probably go with, with Alabama instead. Hey, let's talk uh, Timberwolves a little bit. 
Um, you know, they're just right on the cusp of being in or being out of the playoffs. They're only a half a game ahead of the Lakers and Pelicans, who are the first two teams that are out of the postseason uh, right now. And yet they're only, uh, you know, two games from fifth. So they're kind of right in the middle. Uh, to me, sometimes it can be hard. So there's a lot of chatter about Carl Anthony Towns maybe coming back, and, and Edwards has only missed a short time. That won't be quite as big a deal because he had been out very long. But for Towns, he's missed most of the season up until this point. I'm not so sure it's going to be that easy to just integrate him right back in and play well because, you know, they weren't playing that well when he was healthy earlier in the season when he was playing with Gobert. So I don't think it's any easy task ahead for the Timberwolves even just to make the playoffs. Yeah, that, it will be interesting getting him back. You know, what does that mean, game shape? Um, you know, Towns has never been the guy that's, you know, sprinting full-born, diving on the floor. And, you know, I, I don't know what game shape means to him. Um, you know, for a while we did see a lot of three-point line to three-point line, especially with Gobert, you know, kind of commanding the paint. So um, integrating him back in, um, you know, yeah, it, it's uh, – It'll be interesting. I, I don't know what to expect there. Um, you know, not, like you said, I mean, I'm I'm not a huge Towns guy because of the complaining. Yeah. And just kind of the the, I like seeing a guy. You know, Patrick Beverly when he's you know defending somebody, completely different type of player, but just that mentality of like I want to try to do everything and do everything I can. Um, Towns has been effective at times. You know, I mean, he had a 60 point game last year and yeah. so on. So it'll be interesting to see if he can help us and, and we can get more of a, a positive flow into and consistency in this team to try to get up to a, you know, I don't know, six might be a stretch, but like, you know, climb a little bit in the standings and make the playoffs because, you know, we made the trade to have those two on the court together. So maybe we're going to finally get to see a little extended period of what that looks like. Yeah. Six is a possibility. I mean, they're only a game behind. You think so? Yeah, I mean, they're only a game back of Golden State, you know, to, to, to get into that sixth spot. I mean, fifth, they're only two games out of fifth, uh, and then a half a game out of 11th. So they're, they're, they're closer to being out than they are to missing the play-in tournament. Uh, but uh, right. it, it all depends. I, I've seen teams bring guys back uh, late in the year, and, uh, you know, maybe they do a little something in the regular season, but it's hard to do a lot in the postseason when that happens, it just seems like so. Yeah, because you have, what, seven, eight games left? Yeah. So is yeah. that enough time to have everybody get on the same page for the playoffs? Uh, I'm not sure that it is, so uh, we'll see anyway. Hey, so uh, Byron right. Buxton played his first game uh, for the Twins yesterday. That was good to see. But just like last year when they came out uh, early and Buxton himself said, yeah, we're on a plan so I could play 100 games this year. And that kind of shocked me. Really? 100 games is all they're planning on? But that's the situation his knees are in. I'm not convinced his knees are a lot better yet this year um, because he hadn't played in a spring training game until yesterday. Then he DH'd. And then the announcement yesterday after the game is he's going to be the DH to start the season and for the uh, immediate future. So, again, you're not getting full value out of Byron Buxton because of his health issues. Yeah, and so that contract now, um, you know, it kind of reminds me of when Ma, we paid Mauer the big deal as a catcher. Yep. Um, or you know, and then yep. then he went TDH, went to first. Um, Buxton's money was uh, based on him being one of those center fielders that can get to everything and hit. Yeah. 
Um, so if he's going to be a DH, you know, that really he, he's, he'll be a extremely overpaid DH. Um, so, yeah, you know, it was something back when you and I talked when, you know, he's a really entertaining guy to watch, but he just has never been able to stay healthy. And yeah. if if you're going into a 162-game season and you're already talking about him only playing 100 games, yeah. well, that obviously tells you his, his body isn't right. So, um, yeah, extremely fun to watch when he's on, but it doesn't sound like we're going to get to watch him as much as we'd like to. No, unfortunately. So let's hope that, uh, you know, it does continue. Polanco is going to start the season on the injured list. So right away, injuries for the Twins, which has been really the the overarching theme of at least the last two seasons for the Twins in which they didn't make the playoffs and finished a sub-500. They had some success with health the two years prior to that, the shortened season, and then the, the last season before the pandemic, 19, when they were hitting golf balls out of the ballpark and the Twins set a new home run record. Right. But but since then, it's been nothing but injuries that we've talked about with the Twins for health. Let's hope that changes. They fired everyone on the training staff after last season, and it's all new guys. So let's hope they can make a difference. Hey, I don't know if you saw it or not, yes. but uh, Jeremy Fowler for ESPN reported that the Vikings are a dark horse in the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes. What do you think about that? Uh, well, I don't know. We're just talking about one superstar athlete that can't stay healthy yeah, yeah. with Buxton. I uh, look at Lamar Jackson, the kind of guaranteed money he wants. Extremely entertaining player. In today's NFL, having a quarterback that is mobile and such is huge. But his style of play scares me to give somebody that kind of money. Uh, we saw it at the end of last year. You know, when he gets dinged because he takes a lot of hits. Um, yeah, not... Uh, I mean, he would be very entertaining to watch, but, you know, Kirk Cousins has been super healthy for us, mm-hmm. and and that's something I don't think you're going to get with Jackson. So I think you got to wait. I don't know. I obviously haven't seen the doctor reports on his health after last year. I believe it was a quad, um, you know, where he's at from a health standpoint and if he can keep him healthy. So entertaining a player as there is in the NFL when he's on. He's a, he's actually become more of an accurate passer in the past yeah. while than he was, and his legs are, are just, I mean, Michael Vick-like. They're just, you know, you'd go to a game and just watch and just couldn't believe how fast he was. So, yeah. obviously, it would fit a mold of a championship-caliber quarterback that has wheels, but um, I don't know how much money you want to guarantee him when it comes to uh, his style of play. Well, that's clearly uh, how the Ravens are thinking and looking at it, too. Otherwise, they would have stepped up. They offered him nearly $60 million less in guaranteed money than Kyler Murray in Arizona. I'm going to leave the Deshaun Watson contract aside. It's nearly $100 million less in guaranteed. 133 apparently, is the reported number uh, guaranteed money that the Ravens offered. That's uh, $57 million less. How many years? Uh, for six years. 133 okay. million guaranteed or five years maybe it was five years but then money on top of that with some other uh stipulations but but the guaranteed money so and if the vikings were to sign him let's say for 180 million for five years or whatever and all of that uh, guaranteed they'd have to give up two first round draft picks as well so that does seem like a steep price to pay it does um if you're convinced he's healthy and you can keep him healthy uh, you know, your two first-round draft picks, it, it is a steep price, but with today's league 
and some of the moves we've made, you know, I mean, it would be pretty entertaining. It would, no um, doubt. You know, I, <laughs> it would be, uh, especially you have J.J., you have Hawkinson. Yep. Uh, offensive line's okay. You're going to need to find another compliment to Osborne, possibly the rookie, you know, that caught a couple touchdowns in the last couple games, um, you know, could step up. But I would, obviously, you know, offense or on the uh, draft, you'd like to see, you know, an area need. Like, I would like to see a cornerback, mm-hmm. possibly a D lineman. Um, so, yeah, you do have needs you want to address through the draft. But he would be an exciting player to have here. I'm not disappointed w- with where we're at with Cousins, but you bring a Lamar Jackson to any organization and it's going to be exciting. Yeah, Mel Kuyper's latest mock draft, uh, 3.0, have the Vikings taking a wide receiver uh, named Johnston uh, with a 23rd overall pick. I can't remember his first name uh, right now, but that's who Mel Kuyper has him taking anyway. Uh, Sean? Uh, I'd like to see him address some secondary issues, I think personally. They, I think they will do that during the draft, uh, so we'll see what happens with that. Hey, Sean, thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks, Todd. Have a good day. Sean Bolson joining us here on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at kwlm, 1340 a.m. and 96.3 FM.